Today's shir begins 11 lines from the top of Daf Tzadi Ches. You will notice a triangle that appears with the point facing up. We are in the middle of a discussion that we started at, uh, during our last year. And, of course, to, get, to gain maximum benefit from this, it is naturally... Um, uh, obligatory to be fully immersed in the sukya by listening to our last shear. Uh, just to briefly recap without getting into the details, we saw in our previous shear Rav Acha, and his name was highlighted with a firebox, Rav Acha Banyankiv, who mentioned that uh, two slave brothers that uh, were freed. Freeing of slaves, as we mentioned, is the equivalent of Conversion, where they become full-fledged Jews. These two uh, brothers uh, that had been, we'll say, non-Jews and now converted, they are considered unrelated to one another and as a result, they could actually switch wives. That means they could, each one, after having converted, uh, that would divorce their wives and the other, and each one can take the other one's wife. In the case of two regular Jewish brothers, that would be strictly forbidden. That's called grushas achiv. Just like one's brother's wife is forbidden, the divorcee of one's brother is also strictly forbidden. What we see through Ravacha is two brothers, however, that converted uh, lose any, we'll say, brother identity to one another, and hence they're viewed as two strangers, and as such they could switch their wives. Now, the Gemara continues with an attempt to justify Ravacha's position. Toshma, Diomar of Yossi, Maisa be Niftim Hager, Niftim is a name, and he converted to Judaism, Shenosa, Eishes, Ochiv Me'imo, he married the wife of his brother, and Niftim and this fellow had a, had a common mother, brothers from common mother, Ubo Maisa Lifnei Chachomim, the Omru, the case came to the Chachomim, and they said, and we just skipped the bracketed section momentarily, Ein Isur Eishes Ach Lager. There is no restriction, there is no prohibition of brothers wife when it comes to converts. My love, the nasva ach kishehu ger. The, is, it, is it not so that the woman uh, called the widow, she was married by the deceased brother after he had converted. So that you're dealing with a woman that halachically speaking was fully married to that man it was a regular marriage and upon his demise the surviving brother uh, has no problem in taking her and uh, uh, we're, we're talking about a case even, even if there had been children he still took her there's no issue here of, of uh, brotherhood I mentioned that if there were, even if there were children, uh, so as not to think that we're talking about some type of yibum scenario. The Gemara, and, and with that, then you will see uh, proof or support to Rav Acho's position that two brothers who converted uh, are not considered related to one another, and hence uh, the one brother can take the wife of the other brother. 
uh, before we continue, we have a we have a couple lines that we skipped. The the loshon, uh, the expression within this bracketed section, uh, is not accurate, and the Gemara the, the, has to redo it as the, as we already read the Gemara. So now we mentioned uh, we're going back to the source and the bracketed section. We mentioned that uh, Niftim Hager, this fellow Niftim who converted, married the. Uh, a wife. Oh, uh, another point I, I, I should have mentioned: the case with Niftim involved, they were brothers from the same mother. So, of course, there is no issue of Yibum that would arise in the first place, and hence there wasn't any need for me to make any reference to that there were children, even if there are no children. When you're dealing with brothers from a common mother, so there's no Yibum to begin with. Nevertheless, we have a, the case of Niftim who converted, and he ended up marrying his brother's uh, his, his, his brother's wife and the source said the case came to the Humvee Omru and now we read the bracketed section Ain Ishus Lager there's no marriage when you're dealing with Gerim well, the Gemara asks could that possibly be a person who converts to Judaism and marries a woman there's no there's no marriage that's ridiculous Elo Emo Rather, what the Chachamim said was, Ein Isur Eishes Ach Leger. There is no prohibition of brother's wife when you're dealing with brothers that converted. My love, Dinasfo Ach Keshuger. Is it not so that the brother, the brother that died, uh, he had married that woman, his wife, after he converted? And that there was a full-fledged marriage here, and nevertheless, when the brother uh, died, the surviving brother, Niftim in our case, Niftim, uh, was able to marry her, showing that there was no brother relationship. Loi, that's not the story. The deceased brother had uh, uh, married her when he was still a Gentile. And the couple uh, converted. However, uh, before his death, he had not had any relations with her. In other words, after his conversion, he didn't have relations with the woman, with the wife. So there was really no, uh, there was no real Jewish marriage. There was no marriage then. The fact that they were married as, as Goyim, as Gentiles, is of no relevance to us. Uh, after he converted, he didn't, let's say, he didn't renew the marriage. And as a result, the brother was taking uh, a, a woman that wasn't really married to his brother. The Gemara asks, if, if that was the story that the, the initial marriage between the uh, the deceased brother and his and his wife were when they were still idol worshippers, well, it's obvious that she would be allowed to nift him. Mahu Without teaching this, I would have thought that we should restrict this case even where uh, of a marriage that took place. Uh, even though they were still idolaters, in anticipation of a marriage that took place after the conversion, 
and according to this approach, the marriage of a, of a, of a brother, two converted brothers, the marriage that they do after conversion does impose restriction. That we don't make such a restriction, i.e., in the case where the marriage was while they were still uh, idolaters, so and, and and it wasn't renewed, so the surviving brother can take her, but only under those circumstances. Toshma. Once again, we introduce a source that's designed to eventually show uh, our attempt here is to show like Ravacha. Uh, it might be noteworthy that uh, each time the Gemara is going to try to support Ravacha, each time these triangles appear, these upright triangles appear, and then the Gemara will reject the support uh, with the same type answer, and it, it will this this repeated form will will be uh, we will see here. And the that, you know, to repeat the form that we already saw when it said lo denas we're going to see that uh, rejection uh, after this triangle and after the last triangle as well the same rejection. But in the meantime, when the triangles appear, we're trying to show leniency, like Rav Acha taught the two fellows that convert, they no longer have any brother brother connection. Toshma, we say two fellows, I mean two brothers that convert, after their conversion, they have no brother connection. Toshma, the Omar ben Yisayin, Kishalachti Likache Hayam, Otsosi Ger Echod, ben Yisayin tells us a story that when I went to Krochayom to uh, cities overseas, I found a convert, Shinoso Eshes Ochiv Meimo, he had married the wife of his brother, that they happen to have had a common mother. And I asked, Ben Yassin tells us that I, I asked this convert, who allowed you to do that? Who allowed you to marry the wife of your, uh, of your brother? Omar Li. And the Ger told me, there was a story involving a Gioris, a convert, with her seven sons, that Rabbi Akiva uh, said regarding them two things. Actually, uh, regarding, or at that incident, upon that incident, Rabbi Akiva said two things. Number one, Ger no mimo. These uh, seven sons, uh, after uh, they convert, they convert along. They converted along with their mother. Uh, after they convert, they can marry the wives of one another. And another point that seems to be it appears unrelated. He says, uh, Rabbi Kiva said regarding this pasuk that the that says the Almighty spoke to the prophet Yonah a second time. There was a second communication, but never a third communication. We'll get back to this point later. Kotoni Mias, it said in this source, Ger no ochiv meimo, that a convert, let's talk about, we'll talk about two convert, uh, two brothers that converted, the, 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 the one can marry the other's wife. My love, is it not so that the 
the wife of the brother became his wife after he had converted. So you have two uh, convert brothers, and uh, uh, brother number one married a woman after he converted, creating a full-fledged Jewish marriage, because he married her after he converted. And we see that upon his death, or if he divorces her, the other brother can marry her. Well, that's exactly what Rav Acha taught. So we have another. We have a support for Rav Acha. Loi, the Nasfa Kishu The brother had married his spouse when he was still an idolater, and he never, he didn't renew the marriage after his conversion. So if that's the case, the asks, "My what do I have to tell you that the other brother can marry her? He, she's not married to the brother." She's a, as far as we're concerned, she's a disconnected from his brother. So Maudetema, without being taught this heter that he can marry the wife under these circumstances, the woman who, whom he had married before he converted, if we, I didn't tell you that heter, I would have thought Nigzar Let us restrict that case in anticipation of a brother that married a woman after his conversion. That would be Usr, of course, unlike Ravacha. That we don't go so far. We don't restrict the case where the brother had married her before his conversion. As you can see, we have a, a section of Gemara which is bracketed. You'll notice if you look carefully, there are, there's actually a, a double brackets here. You have, a, you have this angular brackets, and then within the bracketed section, another uh, regular appearing brackets. We'll, we'll mention, first of all, why we have the uh, brackets, this entire section. There's a note on the side which says, So, Graham, L'Shem, Diluk, these angular brackets are for skipping purposes. K'day Lishmar, Al Retzef Al Once again, we want to keep track, we want to maintain continuity in the proofs. The, all the Toshmas and their subsequent rejections, we want to keep track, want to stay on track. So, by skipping this section, you'll encounter the next Toshma. Besoicham hagemora dona benemonus edus hager shehuva b'mokudleil. Within the brackets, there'll be two subjects that will be dealt with. Initially, though, we'll deal with: Can we rely on that testimony that took place in the source where Ben Yasin told us his story? So, in that story. Let me just say that the, that having been said, uh, hopefully we we mapped out the Gemaras for you, which is of course the unique feature of Gemara markings. We can now uh, go into the bracketed section. Everyone realizing that when we hit the next Toshma, we're going back to the sto- uh, the issue concerning the din of Rav Acha and trying to bring uh, support to him. Uh, as we said, the, in the bracketed section, we're, we're going to refer to the story in the source that featured Ben Yisayan, uh who met the Gare, and the Gare told him, if you're, you're asking me who was Matir, uh, me, to marry the wife of my brother... Well, uh, on this bench, you had uh, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Kiva sa- sat here and said that it's such a thing as mutter. So now the Gemara asks, Umi mehemon, is that testimony that the Ger 
told Ben Yisian, is that reliable? The Omar Rabbi Abba, Omar Rav, who know Omar Rav. Rav tells us a certain rule regarding reliability. Kol Talmud Chacham Shemoyre Halacha Uba. A sage who tells us a halachic ruling. In Kaidem Maise Omra, if he tells us a halachic ruling before the incident or before an incident that required that ruling, Shomin Lo, then we rely on that. In other words, the halachic ruling was said in, we'll say, in its pure, uh, in its purest form, not uh, as we'll say, some type of. Uh, convenient answer for an incident that has taken place. The imlav, if the halachic teaching, halachic ruling was not stated prior to the incident, then ain shomano. Then we don't rely on it. Uh, let's glance at Rashi about halfway down the Rashi commentary. Im kaidem shebo meisel yodoi. If before the incident came about, he was accustomed, this Talmud Chocham, this Torah sage, was accustomed to teaching this point of law to his students, then Shomin Lo, then we rely on that and we'll activate that and apply it to a case at hand. The Imlav, if however that was not the case, that he wasn't teaching this ruling beforehand, since the point, the halachic ruling is a novel point, it might be because of the incident that happened, and only because of that incident did he say what he did. And uh, as such, uh, we can't rely on it. It's, it's, uh, we can't apply it certainly to other cases. As you can see, we have a series marking, the double underline, and on the, under the Mivneh heading on the side, these are Chuvos, La She'elo Mimehemon. These are three answers to the question Can we rely on that which this Ger had told Ben Yassian? So the Gemara answers number one, In fact, this halachic ruling was something that had been taught earlier, before the Ger had married uh, his brother's wife. So it was a it was a no it was already a known ruling, and not some ruling that came up uh, that was stated just as a result of his having married his brother's wife. The reliability of the Ger is because he cited, in fact, an earlier incident that upon which Rabbi Kiva had ruled thusly. So he was citing legal precedent, which is, of course, uh, 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 very, uh, uh, very reliable and gives him believability. The incident involving Rabbi Kiva and his ruling that the uh, sons of of uh, the, the sons that had converted are entitled to marry uh, each other's wife. Another approach is that, in fact, even though maybe this Ger was reporting a teaching that we had not heard before, but nevertheless we rely on it because along with his report 
concerning Rabbi Kiva's ruling on the uh, brothers that converted, Rabbi Kiva had said something else. That's the Maisachrina, the issue concerning Yonah and the, the Pasuk. And since we rely on that uh, point, the uh, Rabbi Kiva's uh, exp- exp- uh, explanation of the Pasuk so we will rely on this point as well concerning uh, Rabbi Kiva's ruling of Ger no Seishis Ochev Mi'imo now you can see that we have a, another brackets we call this an in- internal brackets and the reason for this is simply to show the boundaries of the discussion that are dedicated to the Pasuk in Yonah so we quote from above Omar Mar, and if you have any trouble finding it, so use the little star on the side of the Gemara text to find where this is a quote from. It said above, Vahitvar Hashem Yoyna Shainis Lemor. Shainis Dibro Imo Shina, Shlishis Lo Dibro Imo. Rabbi Kiva had said that the word Shainis teaches us that the divine presence had communicated with Yonah a second time, but not a third time. The Gemara asks, how can you say that the Almighty communicated with Yonah only two times? This Posuk is found in Malachim Beis, and it deals with the King Yeruvah ben Yoyosh, and it mentions Yeruvah uh, ben Yoyosh's, uh, we'll say, his uh, military victories, he was able to restore the boundaries of Israel, as uh, the Almighty uh, spoke uh, through the prophet uh, Yonah. So this is a clearly an additional incident, more than a, a third time uh, beyond the two communiques that appeared in the book of Jonah. Omar Ravina. Ravina explains. He's the first of two approaches. He says, in fact, there were more than two communiques between the Almighty and Yonah. What does Shainis then mean? Al iske ninve komar. The two communiques between Hashem, the Almighty, and the Prophet, the two communications were with regard to ninve. But as far as other matters are concerned, there were other communications. So the two is a reference to two matters concerning Nineveh. Rav Nachman bar Yisuk Omar. Rav Nachman has a different approach to explaining the Pesach. Hochi Omar. Kidvar Hashem asher diber biyad avdoi hanovi as Hashem had spoken to Yoyna kashem shenepach l'Nineveh meirol l'toyva just like in the, in the time of uh, uh, Yonah and the matters regarding Ninveh, there was a turn from the, from the negative to the positive. So too in the times of Yeruvim, there was a turnaround for the Jewish people from bad to good. So that Yonah was spoken to by the Almighty according to Rav only two times. The reference in the uh, to Yonah in the Pesach of Yeruvah Minyosh was simply for analogy purposes that namely just like in the time of 
Ninveh there was a turn from, from bad to good so too in the time of Yeruvah ben Yosh there was a turn from the bad to the good Toshma and as we've uh, mentioned already today in our shir a few times again we're trying to uh, show that Rav Acho's ruling concerning two brothers that converted or that were freed from slavery are not considered related to one another and hence one can take the other one's wife. Toshma ger shohoya leidoso b'kedusha v'hiroso shalo b'kedusha a convert whose uh, birth was uh, in Kedusha was after his mother had converted but his conception was before the mother had converted. Yesh lo she'er ho'em ve'en lo she'er ha'av He's considered to have uh, family connections through the mother, but not through his father. Ketzad noso achoso min ho'em yotzi. If this uh, convert were to have married a sister from the mother, uh, a, a woman, a girl that was born uh, when the mother was still an idolatress. So, rabbinic on, on a rabbinic level, on a, on a Torah level, as we saw before, ger shinizgayer kikotin shinola domi. That was a concept we saw before that a child, that a person that converts is considered like he's newly born, but and and uh, as a result of the mother uh, converting and then bearing this son, the there is no uh, halachic Torah connection between this son and the and his sister that was born while the mother was still an idolatress but nevertheless uh, on a rabbinic level if the if this son had married his sister this particular woman we would say that they have to split rashi elaborates uh, we'll look at Rashi um, uh, close to the end of the column. Noso achoso minoem shenolda biyosa oyvedes kechavim. She was born when the mother was still a gentile. Yotzi, this uh, brother, has to divorce her. Viafagav de lavachoso. He, even though technically speaking, it's not his sister. De kekotan shenolda domi. Uh, he's considered like uh, someone born anew. Even even the mother is considered like someone that was born anew. If we allow him to stay with her, people will allow him to marry a sister that's born after he was born. There, there would be a kores punishment for such a bonding. The, 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 both, the birth of both of them was after their mother had converted and it would be like a full-fledged Jew that b- bore a son and a daughter where of course brother and sister cannot marry so we're dealing here on a rabbinic level that if a uh, a, a, f- a fellow marries his sister that uh, his mother bore before the mother had converted they still must split. Yotzi must divorce her. Min ho'av yikayim. If he marries a sister from, uh, from through a common father, so he can stay with her. 
the Rashi says, Minoav Yikayem, Shakol Yoidim De'ein Av La'oyve Kechovim. Everyone knows that there is no fatherhood when it comes to idolaters. So that here you have a, a fellow who was born from a, a woman who had converted, and it, as, as the source said, it was Horoso was Shalobadusha's conception. Was, bef- uh, was before the mother had converted. Upon the conversion, there is no connection to the father whatsoever. And the uh, fellow who marries his sister uh, that happened to have been uh, born from the same father, so uh, same father, not same mother, so he can stay with her. Achos Ho'av min ho'em yotzi. If this fellow married his father's sister, the father and this woman having the same mother, common mother, yotzi. So he must divorce her. And the reason for that is it's a rabbinic requirement in anticipation of here we're talking about his father's sister through a common mother we're, we're banning that we're forbidding that in anticipation of your sister from a common mother another case we continue at the top of Omid Beis if it's an it's your father's sister from a common father so a woman like that you can stay married to this this gear can stay married to her now let's talk about one's the the gear's mother's sister. Minoaim, you'll see if it's a mother's sister from a common mother, he must divorce her. Min ho'av, it's a it's a mother's sister because they have a common father. Rabbi Meir Omer Yotzi Vachachomim Omrim Yikayim. Rabbi Meir is, is restrictive, he's stricter, he says you must divorce, and the say the gear can stay with her. Shohoya Rabbi Meir Omer Kol erva shehi mishum she'er ho'em yotzi. Any uh, relationship that has a mother element to it, a, uh, a relationship through motherhood, so you must divorce her. Mishum ho'av yikayim. If the uh, relationship is through father, so then you can stay with them. All of that is basic, we'll say, is preamble. Uh, is is not directly related to what we are discussing, but here is where things become important. Umuter biyeshes achiv, a person who uh, we saw we saw was hayrosay shalobikdusha veleidosa bikdusha, he can marry the uh, the wife of his brother. Ubeyeshes achi aviv, and the wife of his father's brother. Ushar and all other forbidden relations are mutter for him. When we say all other relatives, we're including the wife of the, of the father. Now the source goes on with uh, gayrim in general, converts in general, a person who converted to Judaism, and it was nosa isha ubita when he was still an idolater. He had married a woman and her daughter, mother and daughter. So, Nosa Ishobita, someone like that, someone who had, while he was a Gentile, had married a mother and daughter, and then converted with them to Judaism. Koines Achas Umotzi Achas. 
he takes in one, he keeps one, and divorces one. So that, uh, so that people would not think that in general uh, Jews can be married to mothers and daughters. So this expression needs uh, clarification. It's kind of obvious when you say you, you have to get rid of one and stay with the other, so of course you shouldn't marry them as a first choice. If the wife dies, if, one's, if the uh, Ger's wife dies, he can marry her mother-in-law. Now, it's, again, we're talking about a case where he had married as a Gentile a mother and daughter, and uh, it, when the wife dies, he is allowed to marry her mother. The Ika Detani some teach that he cannot marry the mother-in-law. Kotani Mihas. It, however, said in this source, and this is what we want to focus on initially. It's Mutter Bi'eshes Achiv, that the the convert is allowed to marry the wife of his brother the uh, Rashi we would like to look at before we go further in the Gemara Rashi on the fourth line from the top it's a brother from a common mother now this brother was born Shenolad Bioso Oyved Kechavim was born when uh when uh, she was still a an idolatrous woman, below Gozu Rabbonon Mishum Eishes Ochiv, Mishum Eishes Ochiv Hanolat Acharov, and you can see that there is no restriction uh, in anticipation of a case of a of a brother's wife, a brother born after him, after this brother that was born from the mother that had already converted. The Bekurva Gozu Rabbonon Avo Bemidi Delosi Al Yadei Kiddushin Lo Gozur. In matters of of actual direct relations, so we impose restrictions. But in matters that are uh, called relatives that that come about through marriage, as is the case here, we're talking about the wife of the brother. So there, the rabbis didn't impose any restrictions. So uh, the Gemara, as we said, extracts or cites the main point that it's mutter that the uh, the fellow can marry his brother's wife. My love, the Nosva Ochiv Kishu Ger. Is it not so that we're talking about the the brother had married this particular woman after he had converted? So that you have a full fledged kosher marriage between a convert and his wife, and the convert has a uh, a, a brother was born to him from the same woman who uh, had conceived the uh, surviving brother uh, when she was still idolatrous and subsequently converted and then bore the brother the surviving brother can marry the wife of his of his brother so this would and, and, and the marriage between the deceased brother and his wife had taken place after that fellow had already converted that would then support Ravacha Loi that's not the case the uh, deceased brother had married her while he was still a Gentile and he had not renewed the marriage so that when the brother the deceased brother had converted uh, together with his spouse but didn't renew the marriage so upon the conversion there is a break in any marital connection between them 
hence the surviving brother in effect is not marrying his brother's wife she's not considered his wife anymore to begin with and not, not only that she was never considered his wife because of the rule of cotton of the Gemara asks if those are the circumstances so does it, why does it need to be taught it's, it's obvious that a, a man can marry his brother's wife if he had married her before he converted and never renewed their, their connection. So, Mahu the Tamar, without having been taught that heter, I would have thought, we should restrict the case of his the case of having of the brother having married her before his conversion in anticipation of the case of his marrying her after conversion which in which we would be restrictive so we're informing you that we do not uh, go so far but as far as a uh, two brothers that uh, married uh, women after they had converted we would not allow one to marry the other's brother again leaving us with a feeling of uh, rejection of Rav Acha Omar Mar a quote from that which we saw above Nosa Isha Ubita Kone Sachas Umotsi Achas if a uh, a, a gear a convert before he converted had married while he was still an idolater a uh, a woman and her daughter so he had taken two the source taught us he after he after he converts with them so he, he, he stays with one and the other he sends away so the Gemara asks in terms of the the uh, let's say the language uh, uh, in, in, the, in, in that source here you're telling me he has to get rid of them he has to get, get, get rid of one of them do I need to be taught that as, a, as an initial choice you, you, that he, he shouldn't take them that's, that's obvious so the Gemara answers the term in the source uh, which said is not going on that which appeared directly or immediately before it but rather, it's a throwback to something else. Hach the Omer Rabbonon Yikayim. The Rabbonon had ruled that a person can marry a, a convert can marry a sister that he had through a common father. So that's what the Rabbonon ruled that you can, if uh, if, a, if a man had married a sister that he had from a common father, and then. Uh, they convert, he can stay with her. So that point of Yikayim, lichatchilo lo yichnos, but as a first choice, he shouldn't take such a wife. If a, if a man had converted and the sister that, that, that happened to be born to his father uh, before the conversion, so even though, technically speaking, after they convert, they're not related to one another, but as, as a first choice, he shouldn't choose her as his spouse. The, the convert should not uh, marry his uh, biological sister uh, after she converted. Uh, that's not a good first choice as a wife. If, however, he 
uh, he had done so, the Rabbonin taught us already he can stay with her. Meso ishto muter bechamoso, v'ikah detoni osur bechamoso. Uh, once again, we're talking about a, uh, a case where a man had married uh, while he was a, a goy. He had married a woman and and the daughter. So he has, in effect, a uh, a uh, a wife with her mother-in-law, if you will. And then they converted. So we were taught in the source that he should divorce one and keep the other. However. It was also taught, if the, we'll say the, the daughter dies, he can marry, he can take in, he can marry her mother, his, in other words, his mother-in-law, and the eco detani also those that teach he should not marry her mother. The Gemara explains, one of these opinions of these rulings reflects the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, and the other reflects the ruling of Rabbi Akiva. Mandosar, the restrictive opinion. Rabbi Shmuel, the Amar, Rabbi Shmuel, who holds in general, in when you're dealing with regular uh, Jewish marriages, he says Chamoisoi liachar misa beisura kaima, just like a a mother-in-law is prohibited when one's wife is alive, even after one's wife dies, the uh, the halachic prohibition of marrying one's wife's mother remains. The Gabiger Gozru Bey Rabbonin. And in our case, when we're dealing with the, the converts, the rabbis imposed a, a similar restriction. That even though you're dealing with people that converted and they're technically speaking not related to one another, but nevertheless, it's uh, biologically, you are dealing with the, the mother of your wife. So that if one's wife died, you should not marry her mother. Uman Deshari, Karabi Akiva, the opinion in this source that says the with regard to the uh, the uh, people that had the, the fellow that married the mother and daughter while still idolaters and altogether converted, uh, the opinion that says that when the wife dies he is allowed to marry her mother, that's Kirebi Akiva Diomar Hamosuliacharmisa Kolashle Isura, that in the case of a regular Jewish situation the level of prohibition drops. Uh, maybe we should have mentioned, with regard to Rabbi Yishmael's opinion, in a regular Jewish situation where a, a man's wife dies, he is forbidden to his mother-in-law with the full level prohibition as existed when the wife was alive, punishable by sreifa, by court execution. According to Rabbi Akiva, when one's wife dies, when you're dealing with regular Jewish marriages, and this, of course, is a topic we learned earlier uh, in previous Dapim, that according to Rabbi Akiva, when one's wife dies, the mother-in-law is no longer ushered to the tune of, ca- of a capital offense. She is forbidden, but not punishable by court execution. So according to Rabbi Akiva, where a mother-in-law after one's wife dies in a regular Jewish situation is a lower level offense. Kolash means it's weakened. Kolash lays, where the east of the prohibition is reduced, is weakened. The Gapi Gir, Lo Gozru Be Rabbonin. And in the case of the uh, convert uh, couple, there the rabbis didn't impose any restriction whatsoever. So that if a man, while a, while a, a guy had married a mother and daughter, 
and he divorced, we'll say, his uh, the mother uh, of his, of the one he chooses to remain with, and then the uh, woman dies, he can then take her mother and marry her. As we continue, we uh, have a, a new topic heading introducing this Mishnah, and we also want to note that this topic lasts till about Tzadi Tesla Medvei. a very long topic. Taruvos Vlodos. We're going to deal with uh, children that are born, and then a mix up takes place. And halochas that apply to mix ups. Chamesh, the Mishnah. Chamesh Noshim, Shinis Arvu Vlodosayan. Five women. Five women, we'll say, in a cave. And each woman, let's say they, they entered the cave in darkness, and while they were. They were they were pregnant, and they they bore children in darkness, and and the children got mixed up, and we can no longer uh, associate a particular child with its specific mother. Now, another point that must be added, and of course we see this in Rashi, each one of these uh, women have uh, another son that they know is their son. It's a Ben Vadai that concerning whom there was no mix up Higdilu hata'aruvos vinosu noshim umesu the five boys that had gotten mixed up they grew they matured they married women and they died they died leaving no children so you have here five Fellows, five people. Each one has a brother, but he doesn't know who his brother is. And you have five men that knew they had brothers, and they know their brothers died, but they cannot identify the widow of his specific brother. So now you've got five women that we know that their husbands had brothers and collectively we know who the brothers are. There are five men that are brothers of these five men that got mixed up. The problem is is that these women need to be released from a Yibum bond. But we, we don't know regarding any specific women uh, uh, any specific woman who is the brother of their deceased husband so what do we do the gemara continue, the the mishnah continues four of the five surviving men surviving brothers four of them will do chalitza with one of the women. The echod miyabeim osa, and the fifth man will marry her, will be able to marry her. Why will he be able to marry her? If it's in fact the widow of his brother, great, he did the mitzvah yibo. And if the woman is not the widow of his brother, she 
nevertheless received chalitza. She was released by the actual brother of her husband. So this fifth man is able to marry her. So she's taken care of. So now one woman is married. There are four women that remain. Four women that received chalitza. Who ushloisha cholzin leachas? He, the one that did yibum, will, along with three others, do chalitza to a second woman. So now this woman has re- received four chalitzas, the echad miabam, and a and the a fifth man will marry her as we already explained there's no there's nothing there's no loss there's nothing wrong in his marrying her if the fifth man happens to be the brother of her husband then he's done yibum and if not she has nevertheless been released by the actual brother uh, who was amongst those four fellows that gave her that did chalitza with her nimsu it the result when you tally up everything that Will, will have happened here, you'll find Arba Chalitzos Vehibum Luchol Achas Vachas. When you take any given woman, she'll have received four, she'll have been participatory in four Chalitzos and married by one of those men. The Gemara points out that which might be obvious to some of you Vedavka Michlats Vodar Yevumi. The order is very important that when we speak about the chalitza and yibum in this Mishnah, it's it's essential that first any given woman receive four chalitzas, and then she marries the fifth man. But to suggest that the woman does yibum at, at the beginning, before she receives chalitza, that's not allowed. Because if a man uh, approaches a woman before she receives chalitza, he doesn't know that he is the brother of her husband, of that specific woman's husband. And if, if he's not the brother of her husband, so she is bound to someone else. And his relationship with her would be a Yavoma Lashuk, which is prohibited. The Torah prohibits. The Pesach says, Lo siya the Gemara continues with a, a question concerning the text. My who ushloisha cholzin liachas. The source, the Mishnah taught that after one of the men, after let's say, after dealing with the first woman, the first woman received four chalitzas, and then the fifth man marries her. Why is this? Why is the continuation uh, of the Mishnah? Uh, necessary in this specific form. Now, before we go on in the Gemara, in order to appreciate this section, Rashi that appeared on the Mishnah will be quite helpful. Uh, let us look at that together, about uh, a little more than halfway down the page. Hu Ushlosha, this is Rashi on the Mishnah. Hu Ushlosha, Ze Shiibaim. The fifth man, with with regard to the first woman he, that married her, cholets she he will participate in chalitza with a 
with a second one of the women, and three other men that are with him, and the fifth man there will marry her. Either way you look at it. As we said before, uh, it's, if he hits bullseye that the, uh, that's actually his the widow of his actual brother, great. And if not, she was released by the actual brother and he can now marry her. This fellow can marry her. Now we've got two married men. These two will 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 come back to the, the third woman, the Cholzin, the Shlishis, the These two married men and the two others will do chalitza with her. And likewise down the road with all of them. Arba Cholzin Tchila four first do chalitza the Vishen Echad Rasha liabeim ad shechatzula arba tololipaga bivom alashuk. First, the four chalitzas are necessary with regard to each woman, so that you don't have a situation of a man marrying prematurely, whereby he might be encountering a yevoma that's bound to someone else. That's called yevoma lashuk. And now, the key point for our Gemara: for who had the nami, the motzu, arbaal, lemichlitz, lekulhu. You could have had a situation like this where. We have these five men who who never got mixed up. The five surviving men, each one respectively having a brother, but just not knowing which one it was. You could have had four of these uh, surviving men doing chalitzes, four chalitzes. Uh, these four men doing chalitz with each one of the women, Lekulu, with four men doing chalitz with all five women. The Hamishi, the fifth man, he saw as Kulan. If the five women received chalitz from the four men, so uh, each one of the five women was participatory in Chalitza with four of the men, so each woman has certainly been released by her husband's, her deceased husband's brother. Now, you say the fifth man didn't do Chalitza? Okay. That fifth man, when he, with respect to each one of the women, it might be the brother of their deceased husband. And if he's not the brother of the deceased husband, the actual brother of the deceased husband had, had already done chalitza with her. Therefore, the, the fifth man could marry all of them. The Gemara will say, and this is the Gemara we're about to learn, so that the approach that we said before is better. Because uh, the way we said earlier, you're enabling at least there's a chance that any given man will be marrying the widow of his actual brother. If you were, however, to adopt this last method where one man at the end marries all five, so then we are precluding the possibility of any of the others of having done 
the actual mitzvah of Yibam. True, they do chalitza, but the actual mitzvah of Yibam, that they are being denied. So now, that's what the Gemara is, is asking about over here. Uh, we'll read that line, the line we read already again in the Gemara. My hu ushloisha chotzen la'achas what is uh, the uh, say the the uh, Mishnah's agenda in having specifically him, he who already did Yibum, uh, being one of the Cholzim in the next, uh, with regard to the next woman? Uh, Rashi, by the way, my who my ichpaslon i Cholzi law Hanoch arbo gufayu v'hai diibem. Why is it so important in the eyes of the Mishnah that the one who had done Yibum with the with the uh, the first one to have done Yibum that he now is participatory in the Chalitza with the next woman? Leave him aside. He married the first woman. Let him stay aside, and the other four men will do Chalitza with the, the second woman, and the this fellow will marry a second wife and on down the line like we saw in Rashi in the Mishnah so the question once again is why the procedure as we already described it each one that does Yibum he then turns into he joins the others that are doing Chalitza with the subsequent woman so the Gemara answers we don't want one to do Yibum with all of the, uh, the, the widows but rather, as we said earlier, each man will marry one of the women. At any given point, he might be hitting a bullseye that he's actually marrying the widow of his brother. We continue in the Gemara with a Tanaic source, but uh, after we read the source, the Gemara is going to ask my Kalmar. In other words, what we're going to read now is not clear, and then the Gemara will clarify it. Tonu Rabbonon. Miksasan Achin or Miksasan She'ein Achin. In the uh, confusion, so some are brothers, and some are not brothers. The brothers do chalitza and the non-brothers do yibum. Well, that in and of itself doesn't make any sense. My koma, what is being said over here? So, as we said, this source is unclear. My koma, what is it saying? Omar of Safra, Hochi koma. Once again, this source is dealing with the case of the Mishnah, where there were five women that uh, gave birth and in a cave, as we said before, and the children got mixed up. And each one of the five women had a son that... Uh, we knew was there where the, each woman knew which one was their son so the source is to be read as follows achin 
amongst this group there were brothers uh, um, from a common father and there was a case of a one of the brothers one of the known uh, uh, um, children had a brother from a common mother common mother not a common father Achin Minoim Cholzin Achin Minoav Miyavmin A fellow who knew that amongst the mixed up children was a brother that he had through his mother and not through his father so this fellow who knows that he cannot do Yibum with any of the women because any one of the women might be the widow of his brother from a common mother and of course that kind of relationship is strictly forbidden so those of the uh, known of the fellows who know who their parents are if he knows that one of the children in the mix-up is a brother but only through, a, through the mother and not through the father as, as we say now the Achim Minoim are Cholzin and the fellows that know that the, they have brothers through a common father as well so they can do Yibum of course when we speak about their doing Yibum it's after the given woman had received uh, the four Chalitzes from the other fellows if amongst these there are Kohanim and those that are not Kohanim as you know a Kohen is prohibited from marrying a Chalitza so Kohanim Chaltzim the Kohanim will participate in the Chalitza however they cannot do Yibum any given woman will have received already Chalitzas from all the other men so if the last man is a Kohen he's going to be confronted with the Chalutza so he, can't, he cannot marry her She'enon Kohanim Miyavnim those that are not Kohanim can do Yibum after of course the woman that they'll do Yibum with had received Chalitza from each one of the others Miktsosan Kohanim Miktsosan Achin Minoim if this group is made up of, of, the, of the, the group of the known fellows uh, who are confronting the widows of all those they got mixed up and the, this group is made up of Kohanim and of uh, people who know that they had a brother from a common mother alone so then Eilu v'Eilu Cholzin v'lo Miyabmin then the Kohanim and the others that are there that knew they had brothers from a mother alone Chalitza is done only Chalitza is done and there is not going to be any evil so that if the uh, the, uh, the uh, surviving people each one knowing that they had a brother in there, the surviving people are the five people that are Kehanim and uh, cases of Achen Minoim so each one of these five will uh, or sorry, let's say each widow will then receive five chalitzes and 
uh, not four and then doing Yibum, but rather five Chalitzas, because these men are not eligible to do Yibum.